I'm not going to say that we weren't prepared, but there were still surprises. The thing that I really find interesting about this city is that it feels trendy and cool and hip, but it still also has that authenticity. You're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each. Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Take Off to Travel. I'm your host, Olivia. And I'm Colin. And today, we have more Albania content for you. We've been in Tirana, I want to say about a week and a half at this point, and it truly feels like a totally different world than Vlora does. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. This is a real town. And we'll go into a little bit more what I mean by that throughout the episode, but this this feels like a city. Yeah, definitely. So we know that we kind of slacked a bit on episode content last month, but to be fully transparent, I would say we didn't do hardly anything the last week and a half, maybe even two weeks we were in Vlora, not because we were trying to be boring, but because A, it was really hot outside, and B, there was nothing to do. Yeah, we kind of did everything we wanted to do in Vlora in the first two weeks, and then for another two and a half weeks, it was, you know, go to lunch, go to dinner, hang out in the apartment, just because it's, the feels like it's over 105. Yeah, and Albania is not known for having AC in a lot of commercial businesses. So even sometimes we would go to lunch and it would literally be over 100. And the only thing that the restaurant would have was like one fan in the corner. So we spent a lot of time relaxing and refreshing ourselves. And we've definitely been much more busy since we got here to Tirana. But we also did do one pretty exciting thing towards the end of last month. You want to talk about it? We went to a wedding in Corfu, which is just across the water from Saranda, Albania. So we had an adventure getting to Corfu. So you might remember that we actually already went down to Saranda a few weeks earlier into our time in Vlora. And that was how we learned that the bus system in Albania is a little chaotic. So we thought we were prepared. And I'm not going to say that we weren't prepared, But there were still surprises. We went to the quote-unquote bus station in Vlora a day before the wedding. And we somehow thought that there was going to be a bus directly to Saranda from Vlora. Because there had been when we went last time. But when we got there, they said that there was not. And we were going to have to take two different buses and like connect in the middle. We'd left the entire day to get down there. So we weren't upset about the time. We were just surprised. So we get on the first bus... And that one stopped in a city called Hamara. When we got there, we were basically told, like, stop here and ushered to this street corner is really the only way I could describe it. And had no real idea of when the bus was going to come, like the next transfer. We asked the driver, he said something about two. And I want to say that we were there at like 11. And I remember thinking, oh, no. We're going to have to sit on the street corner for like three hours. And then you went into a coffee shop. Yeah, it was a little cafe. And asked them what time the bus came. It was an hour after we got there. Roughly, we're supposed to have waited for an hour. But we didn't want to miss the bus. So we just sat on the corner. And then the bus came 45 minutes early. Yeah. 
and it was the most just like confusing experience. So we only had to sit on the corner for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Which was nice. Oh, so we get on the second bus and there are seats. We're very excited to get seats. About 10 minutes out of pulling out of Hamara, we still have, what, three hours till Saranda? 10 minutes pulling out of the, the city, the kid two rows behind us throws up everywhere. And I mean everywhere. There were there were juices going down the <laughs> going down the aisle between and so everyone was like picking up their bags and of course there's nothing to clean this up in the, on this bus. So they end up just throwing newspaper down to try to soak up everything. I am so glad that the windows were open. Like this this bus had windows and if this bus didn't have windows I might have joined him. There were there were gonna be more people throwing up. <laughs> and somehow the two bus combo was more expensive than the one bus that we had to stand on. So we make it to Saranda, and we go to the hostel. It's it's the highest rated hostel on Hostel World in Saranda. I'm not sure why. They don't turn on the air conditioning until 10 p.m. It is, we'll say, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And this was like record high temperatures for the area. The feels like was probably 105, if not more. Yeah, they just had some ar- arbitrary rule that they don't turn on the AC till 10 and they turn it off at 8 a.m. So you get it while you sleep, which I'm thankful for. We were so burnt out from the, the buses that just wanted to take a nap. But there was no fans. And I remember trying to sleep and I just kept waking up every like five minutes because I was just drenched in sweat. But the hostel itself was fine. It was a good in a good location. It was very close to the ferry port. Which is the main reason we got it. Yes, exactly. So that's crazy day number one. Crazy day number two comes directly after. We wake up. We eat our breakfast. We go to the ferry because our ferry's in the morning. And we get to the ferry and 45 minutes early. The ferry of our company that was supposed to leave an hour before our ferry hadn't even shown up yet. So we we knew ours was going to be late. So we're we're sitting out in the sun and the 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 ferry before us gets there about 30 minutes late. And then we wait another hour basically for ours. So we ended up sitting outside instead of 45 minutes about an hour 30 minutes, but we did get the fast boat. I was getting kind of nervous because we didn't have any more buffer. Like the wedding was that night and we had I was hoping that we were going to be able to meet up with some of my friends to go to lunch but it was like if this ferry is an hour late and by the time we get through customs like what happens because I really obviously didn't want to miss the wedding but I was really stressed yeah and just another not even Albanianism but this because this was in Greece but the chaos of the border control line there wasn't a line. It was just a mob of people fighting to get into the door. I think it took us maybe a half hour to get through, which really isn't that bad. It was just that I had no idea how long it was going to take based on the crowd outside. Maybe it's because we were just in Britain, but I really I really come to enjoy a good queue. Just the organization of it. Yeah, that's definitely something that I will say... I have learned to kind of embrace in our time here in Albania overall is just that you can't expect anything to happen at a very specific time. You have to just kind of release your expectations and let things happen. We go to the wedding. It's a great wedding. 
Thank you for inviting us, Eleni. The food was the best wedding food I've ever had. Agreed. For, for some context here, my friend whose wedding it was is Greek and her now husband is Greek. And so they embraced some of the Greek traditions that are typical to Greek weddings. Like there were these candied almonds and there was plate smashing and there was Greek dancing. And it was really cool. The ceremony was in the Greek Orthodox Church and it was lovely. The church itself was gorgeous, but I just kept cracking up because in the middle of the ceremony, people from outside the church would open the church doors and sometimes they'd say, oh, look, there's a wedding going on and leave. And other times people just would like walk on in in the middle of the ceremony and just hang out at the back of the church. And also they, Eleni told us that they didn't practice. They just kind of embraced the chaos of the Greek Orthodox wedding ceremony. So they were walking around. The priest literally had their hands dragging them from place to place where they were supposed to be. And the best man was doing some stuff with the flower crowns. And no one really knew what was going on. And I, I think that made it even more fun. Definitely. It was a very lighthearted, fun experience because none of the audience had any idea what was being said because the ceremony was fully in Well, Greek. either did the couple. Yeah, that's true. But I just thought it was funny because all of us were sitting in these chairs and every so often someone would stand up and then everyone would stand up and then we'd all like wait and see what we were supposed to be doing. And then if someone sat back down, then we'd all sit back down. So that was chaos day number two, travel day. Chaos travel day number three. The travel itself was fine that day. That was just the day that you saw the smoke. And our whole hostel situation. Oh, yeah. We originally booked a hostel. And we didn't notice, or maybe we did, and we just didn't care at the time. But this one specifically said they did not have air conditioning. And it is hot. And we look at each other and say, we cannot do this. So we cancel that booking, book another one that the picture has an air conditioning unit. I can see the air conditioning unit in the picture of the room. So we booked this one. Beautiful view of the bay and of Corfu. The air conditioner turned on, but it didn't blow cold air. Yeah, it pretty much kind of just circulated some of the hot air already in the room. Olivia said it already, but I noticed some smoke, like just like a small fire over on Corfu, the island. It didn't look bad. It was just like, oh no, there's a fire. I hope they, I hope everyone's okay. Kind of, it just kind of looked like a house fire. And then every 30 minutes, hour, we go to lunch, I'm looking at this island and you can just see the fire growing and growing and growing. And all the way to the point where the entire island at night was glowing orange. I know it made some news channel in the U.S. You, you might have heard of, about it. But we just watched this island get engrossed with flames. It was very sad to see. It was really tough, especially because we had literally just been there. I just hope, I mean, I haven't heard otherwise, but I just hope that all of the wedding guests were able to get out how they were planning to and they didn't have to be evacuated or anything. The next morning, we got up early and caught a bus back to Vlora, and about two hours into the bus ride, I would say, we realized that we had accidentally stolen the hostel keys from the night before, which obviously is not ideal. And so I contacted the hotel and was like, I'm so sorry, what do you want us to do? And they told us to go to the post office when we got back to Vlora and just mail it back to them. And I thought to myself, oh, nice, that'll be super easy. So they sent us their address, and when we got back, we decided to divide and conquer. Colin was going to get a pizza, and I was going to go to the post office and drop those off. 
and we thought that those would take approximately the same amount of time. However, it was a very Albanian experience from my perspective. I went to the post office and literally had the keys in hand and was fully prepared to like buy my envelope and send it off. And first of all, it took a while to find someone who spoke English. But when I did, she just kept telling me like, you need an air envelope. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. I just need to know how much it is. And she just kept repeating it over and over. And eventually some other patron in the post office told me, she's telling you, you have to go buy an air envelope. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, they don't sell envelopes in the post office here? And she said, no, Albanian post offices don't do that. So then I got sent to a store, which was probably like a five-minute walk away. And I walked in, bought an envelope, and walked back to the post office. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I've got my envelope. And I hold it up. I hold up the keys. And the Albanian lady in the post office goes, no, air envelope. And then she, like, showed me a picture. And I realized that I had bought the wrong kind of envelope. So I went back to the store where I bought the first envelope and found an air envelope. But at that point, I had run out of like small change. And the only thing that I had was the equivalent of like a $50 bill. So I looked at the lady in the store with the envelope and was like, I'm really sorry, but this is all I have. And they were like, no, 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 don't worry about it. And gave it to me for free. And I was like, well, that's really sweet of them. But I was kind of hoping to break this so that when I go back to the post office, they're not going to complain about the big bill. So I, on my way back to the post office for a third time, I stopped by a little cafe and was like, I'm just gonna buy a water because that'll break the bill. But that lady also wouldn't accept my 50 and she just gave me the water for free. And so by the time I got back to the post office, I had obtained a free water and a free envelope and was just hoping that the post office lady was gonna take my 50, which she did, thankfully, that wasn't a problem. But it just, the whole experience cracked me up because it was just so authentically Albanian. Like, everyone was so kind and helpful, but the overall experience was so confusing. I was just sitting at the pizza shop waiting for you because we had we had said we we're going to meet there and then walk home together. So I was, I was sitting at the pizza shop for, what, an hour and a half? So overall review of Flora, what would you rate it out of 10 for staying there for the month? I think that's hard. It's kind of a hard question for me to answer. Because if we had been in Bora for a week, I probably would have given it like an 8 out of a 10. Because it was really fun. It was beautiful. The food was good. But I think we were there too long. So for a month, it would definitely drop the score. Unless you're someone who really enjoys pretty much doing nothing or exactly what we did. Where you go out to eat and you might go to the beach. But that's about it. I would say Bora is good for max a week. Yeah, I would say it dropped a couple points just because we we were there for too long, but we didn't know that going in. The first couple weeks were great because it was the exact opposite of what London was for us. And I very much enjoyed that. And then it just, you know, the days just kind of blended together. We just would go to lunch, maybe go get some drinks with some friends, go to dinner. It was a very relaxing vacation, but I think if we were to do another month in like the beaches I would want to move a bit more I would want to do like a couple days in Vora and then move a little bit south and do a couple days there and then move a little bit south and just kind of be on the move a bit more because at least from a tourist perspective like if you're not working there's not a lot to do but I wouldn't I don't feel that way for Toronto right now 
No, I I would agree with you there. So definitely like Southern Albania hit hit for a couple days, then move hit for a couple days, then move. But yeah, Toronto's been completely different. But getting Toronto, we have one more bus to complain about. This was the hottest day on record this year in Albania. It was 107 without the heat index. It was brutal. It was brutal. It was a three-hour bus, no AC, which is fine. Like, we're used to it at that point, dripping in sweat. But about two hours into the bus ride, we pop a tire. And so we have to go sit at this tire lot as they fix the tire, which just extended our trip longer in the no AC. So the last bus we're complaining about. So you can breathe a sigh of relief. You won't hear about buses anymore. (laughs) We hope. Yeah. So first impressions of Tirana, what would you say? Well, the very first day we got here, like you said, was a record hot day. And I'm kind of a drama queen. So I complained quite a bit on the walk from the regional bus terminal to our Airbnb. And to be honest, I don't know that I even really looked around. But once we'd come here and cooled down and we went back out, I was really impressed by the overall feel of the city. Like you said, it feels like a real city, but not in an overwhelming way. I think the population here is just over 500,000. So it's enough that there's definitely things to do. There's places to eat. There's all kinds of bars and museums and stuff. But it's not to the scale of anything like London or Ho Chi Minh or anywhere else that's been like a huge city. I I think the very first day I looked at you and go, I could I could live in this city. Like it is big enough to where there's things to do, but it's small where it's not chaotic. Eleven thirty at night, the streets are relatively empty, but you still feel safe. But if you want to have nightlife, there's a nightlife district with yeah. bars and restaurants. So you can kind of pick what you want. Yeah. The thing that I really find interesting about this city is that it feels trendy and cool and hip, but it still also has that authenticity where like the buildings you can tell are definitely still some are communist architecture and the markets themselves are probably a bit more historic. They're not super modernized and gentrified. And so it's this really cool blend of hip like modern European city while still maintaining the historical aspect. When you think about it, and I, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about this at all, but they've had consumerism, like Western culture for 30 years. Like this, they're very much on the back foot of growth, I guess, of, of capitalistic growth. There's no McDonald's in the entire country. There's no Starbucks in the entire country. The only, like, Western food chains that I've seen was a KFC and a Burger King. Yeah. And I think those are both very new to them. I was just pleasantly surprised, I It guess. was 91 where they started. Think about your grandfather all of a sudden having to learn what credit cards are, having to learn what certain fruits are, like bananas. They hadn't had bananas in their country before around 1991. Coca-Cola was the first Western company to come in. Just having all of that at once to relearn, uh, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, but it still is very affordable compared to most of the other European capitals that we've been to. And I don't know, I really like it. Like I, This was kind of a city that I think we added purely for a cost yeah. because it was cheap. But I am very pleasantly surprised, and I would say if you come to Albania, you should definitely come to Tirana. Okay, so Airbnb 
in Toronto. We we've joked that all of our Airbnbs have a quirk. And I don't I don't know what this quirk is. I don't either. It's a really, really nice place. Yeah. And it was even cheaper than the one that was five minutes from the beach in Blora, which blows my mind. It's been great. We did have some issues right when we got here. I think someone had previously broken the bed and then kind of just propped it back up, propped it back up, making it look like it was still functional because I think within two hours of us being home, you were in the other room and I was setting up a movie for us to watch and the bed just collapsed under me. So that was scary. I I, I know I yelled and scared you. (laughs) Yeah, you did. And then our stove is a little finicky, but it works. But the host has been really helpful. Like, literally the day after we discovered the bed had problems, she had sent someone with an entirely new bed to come and fix it. Like, literally probably within 12 hours of the bed collapsing under you. (laughs) Yeah, I I propped it back up, and I think we slept in the fetal position up (laughs) on the other corner of the... (laughs) The other corner of the bed to make sure that it doesn't break under us again. But I will say overall, this is probably one of the nicer Airbnbs we've had. The bathroom is incredible. It's got this huge shower with a rain shower head. It's got a nice wood paneling. We've got a big balcony. Honestly, I I have no complaints. It's a really nice place. And I think it cost us like just over $500 for the month. So we've done we've done a couple things since we've been here. One of the first days we were here, we did a walking tour. For me, it was very educational in the aspect of this this guy told us the history of Albania. And I mean, I I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I I couldn't have pointed to Albania on a map six months ago. Just learning about all of their history and not being a part of Yugoslavia, but everyone assumes they were part of Yugoslavia because they're it's the Balkan region, and then having alliances with China and Russia and then calling them out for not being communist enough and expecting America to come and fight them at some point where to the point where they built bunkers and stuff thinking America was going to come fight them. And I, as an American, couldn't point to Albania on a map six months ago. Yeah, it was a really good tour. He represented the history in a really approachable way. The thing that I found really interesting on that tour was that we walked past, I don't know how to pronounce his name, I think it's Enver Hoxha, the uh, Albanian communist leader. His house is still here in Tirana. And he was talking about how the people here don't know what to do with it because some people want them to like completely demolish it because the communist era is over and kind of like a symbol of like moving forward other people want to turn it into a museum but then there's also controversy about like what does that say about like keeping that building around and just i found it really interesting to consider that communism is even though it's not obviously the reigning power it still very much has an influence on how people are building things and the way they think about things and i found it really interesting yeah the the quote-unquote wounds are, are still very much fresh Went to a couple museums, the first one being the House of Leaves. Do you want to describe that? That museum, if I remember correctly, was the one that was in the building that they used for all of the espionage against the Albanian people during the communist, I don't know what to call it, the communist era, I guess. And just all of the different listening devices they had and the way that they approached it and just the, the punishments for the people that were caught. It was a very 
dark museum, I would say. I don't think there's a lot of happy museums here because a lot of them deal with their painful history, but it was a very moving one. Do you remember the room that had the list of names of all of the people that were captured or killed? Captured or killed? It was 20,000, roughly 20,000 people captured or killed by their own government. The other museum we went to was the National History Museum. What did you think of that one? I enjoyed, the, so there were some aspects that were translated and some that weren't. I think they're in the process of making their museums and, and tourist attractions a little bit more accessible to non-Albanian speakers. So National History Museum had some translation, some not. They could possibly be claiming that fire was invented in Albania way back in the day. Like they have they have proof of fire dating back way, way, way back. I don't remember the amount of years, but I know there was some something on the news recently about like one of the oldest civilizations in the world being found recently in Albania. But again, a lot of this is in Albanian, so we're just like kind of making educated guesses based on pictures and like diagrams and stuff. But I do think that they were saying that. It's really cool if it's true. So we did the museums. Why don't you talk about your favorite thing we've done in Albania so far? So there's a cable car that runs from basically the base of the nearest mountain up to one of, I don't want to say the peak, but pretty high up on the nearest mountain. And it was the most beautiful and peaceful ascent with like these absolutely stunning views of the different mountains and trees and valleys. And you could also see the sprawl of the city. I would highly recommend it. That's probably my number one recommendation if you were to come to Tirana. It definitely was a little bit on the pricey side for Albanian standards. Our round trip ticket was 14 euros each. That granted that did also include a mini golf, which I'm not quite sure why, but it, it did. I thought it was a reasonable value for what we got out of it and it was a beautiful ride. So our Airbnb is right on the outskirts of a district in Tirana called Blocku. I have no idea if I'm saying that right, but it's B-L-L-O-K-U. And that is the part of town where the communist leaders used to live. But in the last, I don't know, probably 20 years-ish, it's been converted into this really hip and cool district with lots of restaurants and shops and bars. And it feels, I swear to you, it feels like it could be in any other European city. It's so modernized. So... If you have the time and you come to Toronto, that is definitely another area that I would recommend visiting. There's food of all different kinds of cuisines. There's like hip bars, there's quiet bars, there's like modern stores, there's more traditional stuff. It, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. There's been a lot of restaurants that we've liked. There's been a couple that we don't, but it's just been really nice having a choice of what to eat. Very much enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm not going to say that the food the different cuisines are all as incredible as they would be in the authentic place. Like there's Mexican food here, but I'm not going to say it's like great Mexican food. It's just that there's options other than the pizza, pasta, Albanian food and euros, which we were very excited about. So I think maybe our last segment can be some of the questions that we have gotten. And I think the first one we've already answered, but some people have asked how Vlora and Tirana are different. What would you say? I would say Flora is a beach town. It's a large beach town, but 
in the grand scheme of things, it's it's a beach town. There's the attraction of Laura is going to the beach. Toronto's the culture center, it's the social center, it's the business center, it's it's the center of the country, and there's just more people, obviously, but more things to do, more things to see. One million of the three million Albanians live in Tirana and the vicinity. Does Tirana accept more credit cards than Flora? I wouldn't say Flora accepted a single credit card. Does Tirana? <laughs> Tirana. I would say that there are some grocery stores that accept card. There have been some restaurants that take card. I would say that credit cards are more, or, or debit cards, are more accepted here in general. But there's there's still some some places that don't. I feel like it's the majority that don't and the minority that do. But I do agree with you that in Vlora, there was almost none that would take a credit card. And then the last question, is Tirana more expensive than Vlora? I would say yes, but it's not by much. I would say that our dinners cost about $150 to $2 more per person. But I wouldn't say coffee is more expensive. Yeah, a cappuccino here costs somewhere between like a dollar seventy and two dollars, and in Vlora it was pretty much on the nose of a dollar seventy. So I think if you're going out or you're doing kind of the date night stuff, that's going to be a little bit more expensive than what Vlora was. But I wouldn't say that the groceries are more expensive, would you? No. Yeah, so groceries aren't more expensive. I would say there's more expensive options here. Yeah, there's definitely more options. Like the trendy restaurants, you could probably easily find something that's over $10 a plate. But there's so many other places that you could find stuff for less than 10 that you could kind of have the option of what you're going for. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's not unreasonable. I would still say overall, Toronto is a very affordable place to be. I mean, when we went to go see the movies, it was the most expensive one was $8 a person, which is still way less than we'd pay at home. Well, thank you for listening to episode 23. We're having a great time. We're having a great time telling you guys about our travels, and I hope you guys have a good day.